The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. I just thank you, every single person under the sound of my voice, every heart anointed to receive what heaven has for them, every ear anointed to hear, and Holy Spirit, I thank you that you have free reign to do whatever you want to do in this place. We exalt you, Lord Jesus. Let Jesus alone be glorified, and let many people's lives be touched and changed today, and we receive it in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, you may be seated. Wow, this has been a powerful service, amen? It's such a high honor to be in the house of God, especially in this house, amen, our pastor, the forerunner who's gone before and really has literally contended for America since the start, and it's such an amazing honor that we get to receive freely from the anointing. There's many places that meet on Sunday morning, and it's, and it's twice dead, plucked up by the roots, but we get to come here and receive fresh manna from heaven, amen? Hallelujah. So if you could go... Go with me to your Bible. We're going to go to Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 25. Now, Pastor Kenneth, last Sunday, how many of you were here last Sunday? What a message on the love of God. Amen. If you weren't here for that or you didn't see that, go back and watch that. I highly recommend it. But even as he was talking about the love of God, I feel today that I want to talk about love in action. Our love has an action. And if you truly love and you truly have been ministered to by the one who loves, you will move and you will act. Amen. So let's go to Luke chapter 10, verse 25. And it says, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, what is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, the Levite, when he was at that place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave him to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go thou and do likewise. This is such a powerful story because we see that the Lord is challenging his people to be like the Samaritan. I, I don't know about you, I grew up in religion, and religion stinks. Like pastor talks about, it's a dead hag dressed up on the front row with bad breath, twice dead, and it just looks good on the outside, but on the inside, it's dead. And I think for myself, knowing that I've come from religion, I come from a background of uh, that I grew up in church, and I heard about God my whole life, but I didn't know him, and then on that day at the lowest place of my life when I almost put a gun to my head, I was bound to drugs and addiction and affliction. And at that place, somebody preached Christ to me. I got on my face. I cried out to God. And when I did, the power of God came on me, and God set me free. I fell so in love with Jesus. And I said, Jesus, I've heard about you my whole life, and I don't even know you. I want to know you. And I would spend hours and hours and hours and hours reading the Bible just wanting to know him. And so, I mean... Sad to say, I would drink Monster Energy drinks. That's so bad. Don't ever do that. I didn't know any better at the time. 
I would, I, would, I would drink these energy drinks just to stay awake so I could read my Bible because I have to know this God that saved my soul. And he's been so good to me. He raised me up. He took me to 17 nations around the world. He, you know, and then I got back home and I'm like, Lord, I feel called to the full-time ministry. What do I do? And then the Lord sent a Holy Ghost evangelist and Pastor Rodney to Valdosta, Georgia, where I'm from, to rescue me and to bring me here. And I've never left. Amen. And so... I just see the hand of the Lord upon his people and every single one of us. And, and we look, this man was in the ditch of life. He was beaten, left for dead. And there were so many of us that were in that place. And the Levite walked by, the priests walked by, these men of God, these men that had God on the outside but not God on the inside. And it was this gall of religion that they would walk by. You know, it talked about the road of, of, the road of Jericho was actually a very narrow road. So for them to actually walk past him, they, it's like they, they literally had to walk exactly by him, but they were too inconvenienced to step down. But there was a, a good Samaritan. The Bible calls him a good Samaritan. In that day, the Bible even talks about that the Samaritans, that the Jews saw them as half-breeds. They intermarried, so they were called up, and they, and they, for all practical purposes, were treated as dogs. Matter of fact, in the research that I've done, the Jews saw them as lower than dogs. And so for them to stoop down and to pick them up, then obviously there's nothing that I can do about that. Let somebody else do it. But this Samaritan, they said something has to be done. Someone has to help. Someone has to step in. Stepped in and helped the man. And then as Jesus is telling this parable, this is such a profound truth, that as Jesus is sharing this parable, he says, go and do likewise. And so... Our commission today is for us to go and do likewise. Amen. The Bible talks about a compassion. It was a compassion that drove him to action. It was the mercy of God. It was mercy on the inner parts. I just realized I have the high honor to be able to go out and witness. And everywhere we go, we see lives touched and changed. Just since pastor, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but just since pastor left, just in the city of Tampa, we've seen over 41,000 decisions just in the city of Tampa. And every one of those 41,000 has a story. Every single one of those people, and we get to look people in the face and see the hurt and see the turmoil that they're going through. And so it's such a high thing, man. I've even been on the phone and made phone calls before. And on the phone, the person on the other end is saying, I can't believe you're calling me right now. You don't understand. I was about to go. I'm literally about to get evicted. I don't know what to do. I called into work. I'm not going to go to work today. I was going to pop some sleeping pills and go to sleep and, you know, go to sleep with my son and never wake up again. And now you're calling me. And I just believe in that moment, I just believed that what was a wrong number for her was a right number for me. And that the Lord wants to send his people on assignment. There are people all around us everywhere we go. There are people in your path and in your realm of influence that God wants you to minister to. God wants you to pour your life into. And the greater one lives on the inside of every single one of you. There's this high revelation that you all need to get, that if God wanted somebody else, he would have called somebody else. If God wanted somebody else, he would have created somebody else, but God called you. God created you. And I believe every single person under the sound of my voice and everyone watching, you have a divine assignment upon your life. And every single one of us needs to be activated for souls, that it can't be someone else's job or the outreach department's job. It's every single one of us burning with a passion. I must help them. And pastor has a dream. And in a, when, when he was a teenager, he had this dream. And in the dream, he says that he saw all these people and they were smiling. They had all these things. They were caught up in the day. They were laughing. They were going about the day. And they were all laughing as they were falling over a cliff into oblivion. And he said he looked and he saw them going off the cliff into oblivion, not even knowing their demise. And he looked over at Jesus and Jesus was smiling at him. And he looked at Jesus and he said, Jesus, how can you smile at such a time like this? And, he, and then Jesus looked at Pastor Rodney and said, who will tell them? And in the dream, Pastor Rodney, looking at Jesus, said, I will tell them. And then he asked him again, who will tell them? And he said, I will tell them. And he says it again, who will tell them? I will tell them. And he said he woke up from the dream and he was sweating. He was he was, and he was shaking under the anointing and the power of God. And he said it was the first time in his entire life where he felt the lostness of the lost. It was his born-again experience. He got saved at the age of five, baptized in the Holy Ghost at the age of eight. 
And from that day, we're living from that moment. You realize that within that same week, he led over 80 people of his friends, 60, 60 plus to the Lord, and realizing that there's this eternity for people, that every single day we're going by and we're seeing people. We just had outreaches this past week, and people don't know what to do. They've come up at a loss. They're like, where do I turn? Where do I go? And this church, baptizing the Holy Ghost and fire, come on, somebody, stirred up with a passion that if anybody's going to tell them, I'm going to tell them, and this burning desire to help people, go and tell them. And we've had just on the streets this week, 8,000 plus decisions right here in the city of Tampa. A church on fire, burning with a passion for souls. And so I see the Good Samaritan and I see his desire to go and reach the one, to say, I don't care. You think about it, he had to be inconvenienced. He had to get down. It was dirty, it was messy. I was even challenged this past week, which is interesting that I couldn't get past this story. The Lord wouldn't let me get past it. I really felt a resonation with this story. I was, I was trying to help a young man and you know we help people all walks of life, homeless, in addiction and in bondage, and I was helping this young man. And in the natural, he was just really going through it, and he was arguing with us, not really seeing in the, in the realm of the spirit the grace that was coming to him, the power that was coming to him, the freedom and deliverance that was coming to him. And so while I was like trying to help him and getting kind of frustrated because he was fighting me, you know, people that need the most help sometimes fight you the most. And you just have to have a grace and a patience with people. And I just believe that even those family members that are fighting you, they don't even realize the hope of the calling are going to know the hope of his calling in Jesus' name. Amen. Many household salvations are coming in this year, this year. This is the year of the harvest. This is the year of El Shaddai. This is the year that our family members are coming home. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so I, I was trying to work with him. I'm like, look, bro, you have to understand this is life and death. And whether, and he, it was like the hardest thing for him to hear me, but I'm like, look, bro, if you don't get this, I, I hate to say this to you, but I don't want to pull you out of the gutter. I don't want to pull you out of a ditch. If you don't get this, this may be your last chance. And as he was like fighting with me, I was tempted to say, okay, look, Lord, I tried. And I was, and I was reminded of the good Samaritan. I was, and I felt a quickening in my spirit that the Lord wanted me to be challenged that, look, although this may be messy, he needs you. And I was just, I saw my Jesus, this precious Jesus that stepped into my life, that rescued me at the lowest place in my life. And I just said, I want, you know, I want to honor him. I want to say thank you to him. How can I say thank you? And it's by honoring his word. It's by obeying his truth. It's by standing in the gap when no one else will stand in the gap. We will stand in the gap. And I was compelled in that. And I said, okay, you know what? All right, Lord, I'll be patient with him. And as I was, as I was patient with him, a grace came upon him and he got the help that he needed. He went through detox, and I tell you today that he's in rehab today as a result of what, and I'm talking about an absolute miracle, the fact that he's even in rehab. Absolute miracle. But I want to encourage every single one of us today that there's people all around you and that people desperately need what, what you have on the inside of you, and we have to be led by compassion to reach them. There's a call to action for every single one of us. You know, we could have gotten touched and just went back to you know, the pew as normal and just to sit and to, and to receive. But there are so many people that need what you have on the inside of you. And what you have is revelation for so many people. And I believe that signs, wonders, and miracles are going to happen everywhere that you go. And more people are going to be saved this week than ever before. Pastor gave the word of the Lord starting in January of 2023. And he, and he said, this is the year of the harvest. This is the year of the harvest. And so my encouragement, I know that we've had people didn't know which way was up, and I've heard these testimonies. It was this guy on the, on the backside of a house. He was praying, and he said, God, if you're real, send somebody. He tells the story. Yeah, he was running in gangs. He got to a place. He was addicted to drugs. He was dodging bullets. He didn't know what he was going to do. Young guy, 18 years old, dodging bullets, living the fast life. His dad picked up his bags, threw him out of the house, and said, son, I don't care what you do. You're not doing that here, and kicked him out of the house. So now he's He's scared to death. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't want to die and end up in jail. He doesn't, he doesn't want to end his life. So he's at the back of this house, and he's crying out to God. He said, God, if you're real, please, I need help. Send somebody. That day at the river of Tampa Bay Church, somebody was sent out soul winning and went out into the highways and the byways and the hedges to compel the lost to come in. 
went out and ministered to him and said, hey, excuse me, sir, has anyone ever told you that God loves you? He's got a great plan for your life. He ends up getting saved. He ends up coming to church with her, answers the altar call, comes to Bible school. Come on, somebody. Graduates Bible school. And now today is in the five-fold ministry as a pastor. Come on. The harvest is ripe, glory to God. I believe that the impact that we're going to make on this city is going to shake and it could be, let this be said, of the river of Tampa Bay Church right here in Tampa, that this is the kindling for the Great Awakening. Amen? Amen. But everybody wonders how the Great Awakening is going to come and how the power of God is going to come. It's going to come through your life. It's going to come through you, burning with a fire, burning with a passion. I must tell them. And that each one reach one. We must tell them. We must tell them. And the Bible says that he that wins souls is what? Wise. And we must be bold, bold as a lion, bold to tell them. And I just think about the Lord and, and, and our eternity. You know, Jesus is coming soon, and I see it, and I feel it, that, his, that his return is imminent. And as, a, as the, the soon return of the king comes, that every single one of us would take our rightful place in the body of Christ. There are people all around that are hurting, that are crying out. And I just think about Moses. Moses was on the backside of a desert running for his life. Right? He spent 40 years tending sheep, and then the word of the Lord comes to him in a burning bush. And in that moment, the burning bush experience is happening, and in that moment, he's talking to God, and God's saying, I've seen and I've heard the affliction of my people. Go and tell them. So when God is looking and seeing the hurt, he's looking for a man or woman to show himself strong on their behalf. God is, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro, and he's searching for men and women all over the world to show himself strong on their behalf. And God is looking for every single one of us to take our place. I believe we must occupy till he come. That the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And it's for us to go. And I just encourage you, think about your realm of influence. Think about the people that you have around about you. There are people going through so much. Even with the border crisis happening in South Texas, we all think it's gonna just impact South Texas, but it's, it's actually impacting all 50 states. It's actually impacting all around. And I've heard so many testimonies of people getting touched, healed, and set free, even within those groups. But what is the answer? What is the answer? Is Jesus in the heart of every man, woman, and child. It's the restraining force. That Jesus coming on the inside of every single one of them that the power of God through your life, the demonstration of the Spirit everywhere that you go, the fire of God burning on the inside of you for souls, that as you go and you tell them, has anyone ever told you that God loves you? He's got a great plan for your life. I mean, there was a young man that came to my door, and I don't think he knew what time it was when he came to my door, but he came and he was selling some like, I don't know if it was Boy Scout cookies or whatever it was, but it was like some Muslim cookies because he had a, a Muslim badge on and he's selling like Snicker bars and popcorn. I don't know what that is. That's a weird combination, but I saw his badge, and it had all kinds of stuff on it. I'm like, okay. And as he's talking, all I hear is wah, 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 because I'm being ministered to by the Holy Ghost. I want you to tell him that I love him. And he was a young man. He was at my door, and I'm, I said, okay. I said, awesome. Hey, man, let me ask you. Has anyone ever told you God loves you? He's got a great plan for your life. If you died today, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you go to heaven? And he said, no, I don't know that. So right there at the doorstep, this man of God ends up, crying out to God, saying, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me of my sin, wash me, cleanse me, set me free. And we have an altar call right there at my front door. Then I felt led to ask him. See, we always want to give the Holy Ghost an opportunity to move, amen? And the Holy Ghost wants to minister through your life. And so I just felt led to ask him this way. Normally we go in with, with different ways, but the Holy Ghost will give you a key for everyone. And I felt just led to ask him, Hey, man, you ever felt the presence of God before? He's like, no. I was like, do you want to? He's like, yeah, sure. I was like, he's not ready for this one, boy. I said, all right, lift your hands, close your eyes. He didn't lift his hands and he didn't close his eyes. I was like, oh, Lord, we're going to lay hands on a brick wall today. Praise God. Well, I had him just say this with me. He said, dear Lord Jesus, you're my Lord, you're my Savior. You're the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire, and I'm asking you for that baptism right now. As I laid my hands on this man, filled now in Jesus' name, the power of God hits him. Now the man of God, power for the hour. Now I'm the usher. I'm laying him down. I said, speak it out. Speak it out. He's, I'm like, glory to God. Come on. Speak it out. 
Speak it out now. Speak it out. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to document this because people won't believe it. I have the video to this day to prove it. He, he, got up off, he got up off the pavement, and I looked at him, and he's standing there. He's like, whoa. He's standing there. I was like, brother. I was like, look at your face. It's like a light bulb. I was like, come here. I had a mirror, like, right by the door. I pulled him in there. He's, like, grabbing his face. He's like, oh, my gosh. I was like, God's real, ain't he? He's like, yeah, man. I was like, all right. And he went about his way. Amen. Life changed forever. It's about making an eternal difference. Amen. I mean, we've had people... I mean, they, everywhere you can imagine, they just, people pulled out of wheelchairs. They were in Walmart. They were going to buy something. Next thing you know, they're walking and leaping, praising God in the Walmart parking lot. They're, you got a revival happening in the Walmart parking lot. A River Church soul winner is holding up a cane saying, come on, brother, walk it out. He's just holding up a cane, having a revival. <laughs> it's awesome. I just, I'm encouraged that every single one of us is going to another realm. And that every single one of us is going to win souls no matter what it takes. And that whatever boldness it takes for us to step out and see them. I believe that compassion is coming on every single one of us. That we would truly see people in their hurt. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. I know some people are afraid to look at, you know, they, oh, look at them. They got tattoos. They look big. They're kind of scary. I don't want to go up to them. But nine times out of ten, they're the ones that are the most receptive. You know, it's quite awesome. I have my mom here today. She's here on the front row. Awesome soul winner that she is. She actually gave the story. Yeah, come on. You can give it up for my mom. She called me into the kingdom. Amen. She prayed me in. This was amazing. She went out winning souls. She was in the Walmart parking lot. Soul Mart. Amen. She was in the Walmart parking lot. And she went up to different people with the gospel script. She went up to a guy that she actually recognized from church, but she just felt to go to the script. And she said he was the meanest person that she ever met. It was just like total religion. You know, obviously she doesn't come to this church. Amen. But then, and then later she saw this group of Mexicans and they all had tattoos and you could tell they're all in the gang. They all got their little white tank tops on and, you know, Cheech and Chong, you know, they're all over there. <laughs> My mom went over there, bold as a lion, went up there, ministered. All of them prayed the prayer. All of them got saved. And she took a, she's like, I got to take a picture with y'all. Mama took a picture with all of them. You see my mom and this picture of all these like tattooed Mexicans and tank tops saying what's up with, <laughs> with little gringo, you know. <laughs> but there are going to be no unused members in the body of Christ. We have testimonies here around the River Church where you have kids. Kids in the, in the River Kids have led thousands of people to the, I mean, I think one of the kids has like 5,000 souls won since he started in this ministry and in this church. 5,000. I think he's like 10 years old. No unused members in the body of Christ. The Bible says that multitudes are in the valley of decision. Multitudes are yearning and are crying out. I was in missions class, first year of Bible school, uh, that was January 2013. I was in missions class, and pastor gives the testimony about, about these missionaries that were so moved with compassion, they felt this resonation, we got to go to this village, there's this village we got to go to. There was no other way to get to them but by a Russian tank in the tundra north, negative degree weather. If you've ever researched what a, what a Russian tank looks like, it's all metal, and it's super tiny and crammed. And this husband and wife missionary couple loaded into this Russian tank hours and hours, days and days, and got to this place, went and ministered to this place. And when they got there, the people looked at them and said, what took you so long? People went and said, what took you so long? But every night, we just knew that there had to be more, that there was, we wanted to know God, we, and we knew that there had to be more. So every night, they'd go and... In the field, they go look up at the night sky and cry out to God and say, God, if you're real, send somebody. He tells a story. Two years, they went up and did that. Two years. And so when they showed up, they said, what took you so long? As I'm hearing this story recounted, I'm on my face in class weeping because I can see the harvest. I can, see, I, I can hear the cry of the nations. I can hear the yearning and the longing of, of people looking for someone who will tell them? 
Who will tell them? We must tell them. And my prayer for every single one of us today is that we, that by the spirit of God, we would not be able to walk past people in their darkness. But that as a city set on a hill, the light that must shine, especially in this city. This is our city, amen, and our city ain't going to hell. Our city belongs to Jesus. Our city will burn with fire. Our city will be raised up. 10,000 members full of the Holy Ghost and fire marching upon the land. I hear the tramp, tramp, tramp of an army taking their place. Every single one of us taking our place. And I believe it. I believe that this is, that this is the generation. This is the generation that will usher in the return of, of the king. And it's full of the... Every single one of us taking our place, full of the fire of God, full of the Holy Ghost, burning with his passion, and say, God, give me witty inventions, divine ideas. Pastor even prophesied that there's many of us that are going to get ideas for the harvest. Amen? More souls saved, more people reached, more lives touched. Because I've heard it too many times. I've seen it in people's eyes. If you've ever done an altar call, you can look at the hurt in people's eyes. You can see them weeping and crying in desperation. And I've, I even shared this story on Friday for the prayer night that we did, we did a community outreach a week or so ago. And I had people, I've, I've seen it before, but not to this measure. I had so many people running up to me saying, thank you for coming. Thank you for preaching to us. Thank you for the message. Thank you for helping us. Look, I'm a, I'm a handyman. I'm a plumber. I'm an electrician. I don't have any, like, anything else to give you. But if you need help with anything, you let me know. That was his way of saying thank you. Whatever I can do, I just, I just, I got to be a part of it. I want to, I want to be a part of what you're doing, please. And then I had another guy, Verizon guy, he wanted to set up a booth and do all this stuff. And he got saved right there on the spot. He thought he was going to come and sell some phones and he ended up, he's going to link up with heaven. Amen. <laughs> Telephone to glory. Tell him what you want. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I think about the good Samaritan and Jesus said that all these people that looked that, that that had the form of godliness, denying the power thereof, walked past the man. And, you, we, and we have to ask ourselves personal questions. Who are we walking past? Who are we not sensitive to the Holy Ghost leading us and guiding us to? But I wanted to be said of me when I look at my Jesus and I look him face to face, that he would look at me and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And that, that there would be such a resonance that said, Jesus, I am so thankful that you stepped into my life, that I didn't put a gun to my head, that you saved me from, from any, an eternal hell, that God, I brought all these people with me. I'm so thankful for what you did. And I just believe that every single one of us called to be pleasing to the Lord has an opportunity to really go after the harvest. Amen? How many of you would say, I'm going to go after the harvest like never before? We have to see them in their hurt. We have to see them in their affliction. People dealing with depression. I mean, the suicide rate, even in the military, is astronomical. And there, there, there are people that you feel a resonance on the inside of you. There's this, there's this burning passion. I need to go. I need to tell them. You know, I'm not trying to pick on my mom this morning, but I just thought about the fact that there was, my mom actually woke up and the Lord was ministering to her about going into the jails. I need you to go, and I want you to tell them that I love them. I haven't forgotten about them. My mom works for the court system, and so it was a conflict of interest for her to be able to do that. She, she had to go through a job change just to make that happen. Was willing to go through a job change because of the word of the Lord. To say, I haven't forgotten about them. Go tell my daughters that I love them. And the amount of testimonies of people that are coming out of jail, baptizing the Holy Ghost in fire, loving the Lord, full of the wisdom of God and can walk in the fullness of what God has called them to do is absolutely amazing. But what is God going to do in your life? What is God going to do with your realm of influence? You know, every single one of us is called to be ministers of reconciliation. Every single one of us is called to have an impact. I know about people even in this room, Holy Ghost Uber drivers. Amen. When they get in the car, it's game over. I got an altar call happening. We're about to get them. You're not leaving this car the same way you came in Jesus' name. But you can use your business to win souls, amen? That's how U.S. Solar even, even linked up with the vision of the house. And then they get, they get to go out and, and, and sell solar panels and get people saved, amen? Light for light, glory to God. And so you have to allow the fire of God to burn on the inside of you and say, God, I don't want to be casual about the harvest. I never want to allow myself to be religious. And you realize that if our faith is not attacked 
is not attached to an action. It becomes the gall and vinegar of religion. And so our, our faith has to have an action to it. Our faith can't be, you know, just me and my house as long as we're good. No, God, lead me to the people that you need me to minister to. We are on a divine assignment. Hallelujah. Many lives, many lives touched and changed. So many people are impacted every single week. Over 45.7 million decisions globally. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm going after the 100 million. Holy, hallelujah. And I don't know who's coming with me, but glory to God, we're going all the way. 100 million decisions for King Jesus. And for myself, I don't know. I, I hear Pastor talk about that day, that Christmas day, where he vowed 100 million. And I see, I see, I see the hospital room. I see him holding his daughter. I never met Kelly, but I can see her. It's eternal. I can see the eternal transaction that took place. And, I, and every time he shares it, I just, I just weep. And God, the devil's going to rue the day he ever touched your daughter. Glory to God. I'm going to put a pop knot in him. Oh, he's in trouble. And so every altar call, every person that hears, has anyone ever told you that God loves you? He's got a great plan for your life. We're doing it for Kelly. We're doing it for the, for the vow. We're doing it for King Jesus. Hallelujah. And we get to be a part of it. Amen. Amen. We got a high honor to be a part of what God's doing here. So within the Good Samaritan and him being moved with a compassion, I pray that every single one of us will go to another level. Amen? Amen. But the Bible says in Proverbs 3.27 in the Amplified, it says, withhold not good from those to whom it is due, its rightful owners, when it is in the power of your hand to do it. So it's in the power of our hand to rescue. It's in the power that we, I mean, we go into the jails, and there are people, I didn't even realize it. I went into a jail once, and I just felt super stirred to go. I never went at night. For some reason, I felt stirred to go at night. And I went in, and I always want to give the Holy Ghost an opportunity to move, amen? So I went in there, and I preached, and look, Jesus is real to me, amen? And Jesus has, if he's real to you, he'll be real through you. So there's times, I realize that many times in many situations, we live in the Bible Belt, and a lot of people have heard about Jesus, right? But they have to have an encounter with him. There has to be something that separates us from everybody else. And so I realized that a lot of these guys in jail have been preached to. And so um, I want to bypass their head and touch their heart. And so you'll see me do all kinds of wild stuff. I was standing on the chair. I was standing on the table. You shouldn't do this. I was laying on my face in the jail. You don't necessarily need to do that. I don't know how dirty that floor was. I was reenacting what took place. And I'm, I'm just crying out. And I'm showing them, look, Jesus is alive. And Jesus took a former drug addict and set him free and took me to 17 nations around the world. I've seen people pulled out of wheelchairs. I've seen people mute. They couldn't talk for 16 years. They got their voice back, and God totally healed them, and they confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I'm sharing all these testimonies, and I had this encounter with the Lord where the Lord came, and we were in Malaysia, and this young man, probably 12 years old, he was a pastor's son. He could barely walk. Something happened to him, and he, was, and he was crippled for like two months and would walk with a limp and would use his leg as a crutch. And I'm telling them this, this story in the jail. And uh, as, as, as we go to pray for him, the power of God hits him, and he gets instantly healed. And I don't know if, you, if you've ever experienced this, but you know that feeling when somebody's behind you? And you're like, wait. It was this feeling like Jesus is in the room, and it was this overwhelming feeling, and I got on my face and when Jesus in, enters in the room, I'm just going to tell you, it just takes everything out of you. And I just started yelling, Jesus is Lord! And I was undone. Well, I'm telling them this, this story in the jail, and I, I'm on my face on the pavement shouting, Jesus is Lord! The guard's coming in, checking and making sure everything's going okay. They had guys that were in the back cells. They were coming out of there. I guess they were going to try to sleep. They couldn't sleep with this man shouting in there. So what started out with like 12 men ended up to be 30, 40 men coming out. And I, just, I was just preaching the raw living Jesus. I'm not here to play church with you. Jesus is alive. He's the son of the living God. He's the alpha. He's the omega. And he's coming again. And you got to get your life right with God. He's coming soon. And you have to have an encounter with him. I'm not playing church with you. I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about Jesus, the son of the living God. And I gave an altar call, and there was a 100% altar call. Every one of them got saved. Hallelujah. And then I went, and then the guard came, and I, and I guess it was about time to go. 
But for myself, I want to honor the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has been so good to me. So I wanted to give the Holy Ghost time to move before I left. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to try to fit this in before he kicks me out. I'm going to get them all baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. So as I did, I started talking about the Holy Ghost and the fire of God fell in the jail. All these men of God. People healed, set free, delivered. There's about 30. I mean, they were getting touched. And then we wrapped it up and left. Probably a year or two later, I got a, I got a, uh, a message on Facebook. And the guy messaged me. And he's like, hey, brother, thank you so much for all that you do, whatever. I went to high school with him, so I thought he was just trying to reconnect. And uh, I was like, love you, man. He's like, man, I gave my heart to Jesus. I love Jesus so much. You know, will you disciple me? I believe that in discipleship, you should be able to look him face to face. Amen. He's in Valdosta. I'm in Tampa. So I'm going to connect him with a Holy Ghost Rambo. Amen. And get him disciple. So I connected him or whatever. And then, and then I asked him, I was like, bro, are you baptized in the Holy Ghost? He said, yeah, I got baptized in, in the Holy Ghost when you came and prayed for me in the jail. I don't even remember him being in the jail cell. The power of God just came on me. I'm just going for it. I didn't even know he was there. He got baptized in the Holy Ghost that day, and his life has been for He said, man, thank you so much for coming in there. You have no idea what that did for me. He said, my whole life has been changed. I'm getting my family back. I'm getting my kids back. God has been so good to me. I want to go into the ministry. I want to go into the ministry. I want to do what God's called me to do. And I just believe that every single one of us are called to make impact like that. That God has saved us for a purpose. That Jesus... You know, the, there's a cry of the Moravians, and there was this prayer that they would always pray. May, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. And I just think about that. I just think, man, Jesus, you've been so good to me. I want to be, be moved by your spirit to all those that need help, that the power of God would flow through my life and that lives will be touched and changed everywhere we go. Amen. And so my encouragement to every single one of you is that you would be stirred for the harvest, that your heart would burn with a passion, that the love of God would move us into action, that we couldn't just sit still, that we couldn't be silent, that we would move with a compassion, that there will be a boldness on the inside of us that I refuse to be timid, I refuse to be afraid. And I thank God for the gospel soul winning script that has trained so many people that, you know, I was actually in Valdosta, Georgia, and I was, I was actually at a, at a place where I felt I was, be, this was back in what, 2000, 2012? I was at a place in my walk with the Lord. I had gotten back home from the mission field and I felt like the Lord was ministering to me like, son, I want you to go after the harvest and son, I want you to make disciples. And I felt disobedient. And you know why I felt disobedient? It's because I didn't know how to tell them. A missionary went around the world, had all these different things, but I didn't really have the practical methodology to get them saved, to get them in the boat. And I just, I felt this, I like, felt like there was more. I felt like there was so much more. I don't want to just go to church on Sunday morning. I want to do more. I want to say thank you to Jesus. I can't read just Sunday morning Christianity in my Bible. They weren't Sunday morning Christians. They were burning with a passion on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, on a Thursday. They said, I got to tell you about him. He's been so good. I got to give you what I've been given. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. And so I just, I just prayed. I said, God, you're going to have to do something because I don't want this Sunday morning Christianity. I feel lukewarm. You got to set me on fire. And then God brought me here, raised up in soul winning. Hallelujah. <laughs> and the gospel soul winning script. I've left tens of thousands of people to the Lord because of that script. I'm so thankful for that script. And so it's such a gift. I was in Waterloo, Iowa. This was back in 2013, Waterloo, Iowa. We were on a GAT Pastor goes into churches and trains them in the Holy Ghost and fire in the morning and then at, or at night and then in the morning t uh, teaches them how to win souls. So we were doing a power evangelism and you were actually doing the class, Pastor Chris, you were doing the class. And I remember he said, who wants to be baptized and soul winning? And this lady, probably in her late 50s, raised her hand. She's shaking. She's like me, you know. And he's like, all right, you're going on a power evangelism team. Come on, let's go. So then they put her on my team, and we, our job was to go out and smack it all day long. We weren't, I think, 10 in the morning till 4 p.m. at night. Listen, I have not seen anyone so tangibly under the fear of God or under, under fear like I've seen this woman. This woman had the gospel soul winning script in her hand and was going up to people, and her whole hand was like this. I'm like, okay. 
It's okay, it's okay. Boldness, boldness, boldness. Shaking. And she said, I asked her later what happened. She said, I'm in my late 50s, and I love Jesus with all my heart, and I've never won anybody to the Lord. She said, that ends today. So when, so when Pastor Chris told me and asked, who wants to be baptized in soul winning? I knew that was for me because I needed a breakthrough, and I don't care what it takes. I'm going to get my breakthrough. So she didn't care what amount of tangible fear came on her. She's holding the script, shaking like this. Has, has anyone ever told you that God loves you? He's got a great plan for you. That lady led over 40-something people to the Lord the first time she ever went out soul winning. Her hand's shaking. <laughs> Total life change. She'll never be the same. And so I just know it doesn't matter where you're at in your walk with the Lord. This is for you. Amen. Every one of us moved with a compassion to win the lost at any cost. That God is raising up people full of the fire of the Holy Ghost, full of the wisdom of God. And we're all called to respond like the Good Samaritan, that we would have compassion on our neighbor. Who? He asked on that day, who is my neighbor? And Jesus showing us that we are to have compassion and to look for the one that needs the help the most. And if you really want to show yourself neighborly, it's that you would allow yourself to be inconvenienced and go and help them. I'm going to tell you nine times out of ten, it's not in your convenience to do it. But I'm so thankful for the person that soul won me. I'm so thankful that I'm in my right mind, that I'm not dead or in jail right now, but that I'm in my right mind in the Holy Ghost, able to tell you about the goodness of God. Didn't even know I had a call of God on my life. And God rescued me and pulled me out of the flames of judgment. And every single one of us are the fruit and result of soul winning. Every single one of us heard, and, it, and we all have the different testimonies. We heard by the broadcast. We heard by one-on-one. -on -one, we heard by an outreach. There was a young man, actually, um, he, was, he was actually so out of it. He was living on, on one of the city bus stops here in Tampa. And there was one of the members of the church he actually had one of a, like a newer car, but for some reason his car broke down. And he's looking and his car broke down and he's looking and he looks on the bench and he sees the guy. He walks up to the guy and soul wins him. The guy's drunk out of his mind, whatever. And then like, like a month or two passes by, he sees him again and he walks up to him. He's like, hey, do you remember me? The guy didn't even remember. He didn't even know who he was. And he's like, bro, I went to soul win you, whatever. And so lo and behold, he won him to the Lord again, invited him to the church. That young man was so out of it he said he was so drug addicted, he would wake up in ambulances and hospitals and had no idea how he got there. And this, and this man, at a search and rescue mission, ends up coming to the river church, rides the bus, comes to the river church, answers the altar call, gets a scholarship for Bible school, answers the call for the, for the scholarship, comes to Bible school, graduates Bible school, and is a radical soul winner, and he's in full-time ministry, helping us in the bus ministry even today as we speak. You talk about somebody that was down and out, had no idea how in the world he was gonna get right, and then somebody from the river of Tampa Bay Church, full of the boldness of God, says, I'm gonna go and tell them. And every single one of us need to have that same boldness to say, I'm gonna tell them. Say that with me, I'm going to tell them. So important. There was a word that came to Pastor Rodney many years ago, I wanna share this with you. He said, the great men and women of God that I'm using in the earth today, I'm not using them because they are something special. I'm using them for one reason and one reason alone. It's because they have touched me and I have touched them. The touch of God makes all the difference. The fire of the Holy Ghost, the anointing that you're sitting under, receiving from. There's an anointing to win souls, amen? Even as you go this week, lives will be touched, lives will be changed. This is a call to action. This is a call to every single one of us to go to another realm. Amen. People are hurting, and Jesus commands us to go. Mark 16, 15, and 16 says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Our life can make an eternal impact. I love the fact that there are going to be people on that day that are going to run up to you. This is such a sobering reality. There are going to be people running up to you on that day and grabbing you. Thank you. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you for what you did. And you're like, my ministry? I was in housekeeping. What do you mean? I was cleaning. I was, just, I was just cleaning the bathrooms. What are you talking about? Yeah, but I came to the River Church on that day, and I was in the bathroom, and you, and you won me to the Lord. My whole life changed from that moment. I'm in heaven now because of you. That's the eternal impact.
No unused members in the body of Christ. There was a time where we were doing a Bible study, and there was a man. I, man, I invited this brother to come for three months straight. And it's like every time he would just come up with some excuse as to why he couldn't. One day I walk into the Bible study. I walk in, and he's sitting there. I'm like, whoa, you came. Come on, brother. Every Bible study, we, we would do an altar call. Well, he got saved. And then lo, lo and behold, he, ends up, he starts coming to the River Church. And then we end up start doing his, like, the Bible study in his house. His, and his, his wife, a Holy Ghost woman of God, loves the Lord. So we're doing his, his, uh, the, the Bible study and all that. I get a phone call one day. This is probably three, like three or four months that goes by. Come to find out, Brother Owen went home to be with the Lord. He had a stroke and died. And they asked me to do his funeral. And so, oh, wow. So I'm doing the funeral, and I have all these family members come up to me at the end, and they're shaking my hand, and they're shaking me. And they, thank you for your ministry. And they're like, I'm like, okay, okay. But they're like, thank you for your ministry. Because of your ministry, he's in heaven. So many of us have tried to minister to him. Family of ministers. So many have tried to minister to him and tried to reach him, and none of us could. Thank you for your ministry. He's in heaven because of you. I got to the repast. I was in the car. All I could do was weep because of the sovereignty of God to move us from that position to even get us into the Bible study for us to compel him month in, month out, month in, month out to get him into a place that he could start coming to the river church, get saved, get his light right for God before he goes home to be with the Lord. The sovereignty of God moving through the obedience of his people. That as you go and as you're obedient to the voice of the Lord your God, as he tells you, go and tell them. There's this compassion. There's this burning desire on the inside of you. I must tell them. And that God would use your life to be a witness. Amen. I'm thankful for those moments. There was a lady. This is those moments. You know, when people deal with suffering and loss, I don't like to go into those situations and say, hey, I know what you're going through. Because in this situation, there was a, there was a lady... And I think her mom had just gone home to be with the Lord. Her sister-in-law had just gone, gone home to be with the Lord like a week or two before that. And her 18-year-old son had gotten in a car wreck and died in three weeks. And so my dad was going over to the house, and he wanted me to go with him, and we were taking them food. And I stopped him before we got in the driveway. And I, I said, Dad, I need to pray. I just feel an urgency to pray. Let me pray. And I went to pray, and as I prayed, I just said, Lord, I don't come with any preconceived ideas. We can go and drop off the food and leave. I don't want to go in there and be, you know, cold-hearted or, you know, go in there and say, hey, I know exactly what you're going through and be religious. No, I, but I'm on assignment, God. That whatever you want done in the earth, you can look and find a man. You can find me. I want to be your instrument. I want to be the one that's moved by you. When you want something done in the earth, that you can move me to do it. God, if you want me to speak, just give me the words. I'll say what you want me to say. But I don't have to do a single thing if you don't want me to do it. And so I walked in the house, and, and uh, I was just looking at pictures, and my dad and them were talking in the kitchen. And then this door opened where they said, oh, yeah, you know, Julian's down in Tampa. They, you know, they're doing all these outreaches, and they're, and they're giving away clothes and stuff like that. And she was going through all this old stuff. And so he said, hey, come in here and tell her about it. So as I, I was like, okay, here we go. Open door. It's coming. So I get in the kitchen, and I kid you not. I couldn't make this happen if I even tried. I got there, and the anointing of God hit me. And as I began to just talk to her, the word of the Lord came, and I just began to start giving her the word of the Lord. And I, and I just told her, I said, listen, I don't know everything about everything. All I know is that God is a good God and the devil is a bad devil. And I can't give you, I don't know why stuff, some stuff happens to people. I don't know that. But all I know is at the lowest place in my life, when I deserve death, hell, and the grave, I got life and life more abundantly. Jesus is good and he's always good and he's always going to be good. So I, I can't tell you that I know what you're feeling or what you're going through, but I'll tell you that Jesus is enough and that Jesus that rescued me can rescue you today. She said, she said I feel like a spoiled teenager. Kicking and screaming on my bed. I have, and it, as she was talking, I had this, like, this, this urgency. And it's like she's, she's super upset. She's mad. She's angry. And in that moment, and, they're, and, they're, and they don't mean anything by it, but sometimes people are in the natural. They're not in the realm of the spirit. And so as I'm having this moment, this eternal moment with her, they're saying, hey, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything until this is done. And so I, I sat right there. It was an altar call right there. She ends up giving her heart to the Lord. Power of God comes on this woman, and uh, she totally gets set free. She gives her life to Jesus, and I go to the house. They're actually going to celebrate my birthday, and I walk into my bedroom, 
And the power of God hit me, the glory of God hit me, and I fell to my knees in overwhelming eternal, this eternal moment that happened, and all I can do is weep. I have no idea what's happening. I feel it in my spirit. I'm just weeping. And it's like in that moment, the Holy Ghost gave me this understanding of what was taking place. Her eternal soul was hanging in the balance. She was angry at God. And she was at a place that if she didn't get her life right with God at this moment, she was never going to make her way back. And she was going to end up in eternal hell. And it's as if I could feel her soul. That's why I was weeping and crying and I felt the glory of God all over me. And it's like her eternal soul was linked back into heaven. And she got saved and she's right with God as a result of that moment. And I just realized that, that the eternity, the eternity that's happening every single day. We see it all the time. We're in the hood, like he talked about, in the hood. They went from the hood to living good. We're in the hood all the time. <laughs> We're in the hood all the time, and we get to see it. I see people, and they, they know people that were literally here last week, and all of a sudden they're not anymore. They got shot in a drive-by here in Tampa. You know, we think that's somewhere else, and that's actually happening all around us. And so we're called on assignment. We're called on mission to help. And so we get to help people, these, these like hurting young people, they've given their life to the Lord. The power of God is touching them. When we do an altar call and this little kid, eight years old, is weeping in the altar call, what, what is their life going to be like because we went and told them? Because we inconvenienced our Saturday and said, you know what, instead of going and doing what I want to do, Lord, what do you want to do? And we end up going to this community outreach and the power of God touches their life and they're forever changed. What is God going to do with a life? Amen. Um, I think the ushers have them. They should have them. Do we have the gospel soul winning scripts? We do. All right, I'm going to have the ushers pass these out. This is the gospel soul winning script. This is a method to win souls. This isn't the only method. This is the method that we use. But any method is better than no method. Amen. But I want to encourage every single one of us this week as we go that we would take this gospel script. We have a rule around the ministry. What's the rule, everybody? Just read it. All you got to do is take it and just read it. But I pray that you would see the eternity around you, the eternal soul that's right next to you. We have people, it was, you know, Pastor has shared the story about the people even in landscaping. We had Jesus that was on, that was on landscaping and he won like something like 25 to 50,000 people to the Lord just coming on the property doing land. Our landscaping guy won, had, was a mass crusade evangelist, amen? Just winning people to the Lord in the parking lot, moves for souls. And so it's an important thing. So you have the gospel soul winning script. I encourage every single one of you that this week, like never before, we're going to win souls. Amen. We're going to go about our business, but we're going to go about his business, kingdom business everywhere we go. And we must be bold as a lion. We must witness. I pray that you know that God's looking to you. I know it's easy to point to the person next to you, and you can point to different men, men and women of God in this room. I can look around the room and I see men and women of God. I see people that are anointed of God in the full-time ministry. And it's easy to look at them and say, oh, look at what they're doing. No, look at what you're doing for the kingdom of God. That when you stand before the Lord and you say, look, Jesus, I'm so moved by what you did. I brought all of them with me. That I want, I, I want Jesus to be pleased with my life. Amen. I want to be moved with a, with a compassion for the souls of men. And even as I'm talking, there's a compassion, a greater revelation of his compassion coming to you. There's a message to us at the River of Tampa Bay Church. We have a vision to see Tampa shaken. Amen. Tampa shall be shaken in the mighty name of Jesus. It will not go to hell. The, the enemy's plans for Tampa shall not come to pass. We're going to stand on our watch and we're going to go after them. Amen. But you are the revivalist. You are the revival waiting to happen everywhere you go. They're going to come to you. Fish are going to jump in the boat. I actually shared that at a SOS. It just jumped out of my belly. Man, fish are going to jump in the boat. Fish are going to jump in the boat. And then she even gives the testimony up here. They said they even went to a church and even they went. And I was like, man, I don't know why I feel this, but some Baptists are going to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> they end up going to a Baptist church, doing an altar call, and having mass baptisms in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> the Lord will send you on assignment. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage every single one of you that we're going to be a part of that 100 million souls and that 100 million decisions. How many of you got a gospel soul winning script? How many of you people are actively using the gospel script? 
I want to encourage you to go to another level. Amen. How many members do I have here this morning? All right. Come on. We're full house with members. Um, I, want to, I, I want to give a call. We should have a sign-up sheet. Uh, we have a QR code. I want to encourage you all to go soul winning with us, um, every single one of you, to make time to go soul winning. Uh, we have soul winning that meets every single week. We have El Rio with us as well. Pastor Josh and Pastor Ismery help us with that. And uh, we do soul winning class. They go Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. If you could scan that QR code and you want to sign up, we have many ways that we go out. We go out Monday through Friday and even Saturday to go soul winning. And we'd like for you to go out. If you say, you know what, I'd like to be trained in the gospel soul winning script. I need to go out. I want to win souls. I don't want to go by myself. We will train you with some Holy Ghost Rambos. We'll partner you with people, just like the testimony in Waterloo, Iowa, that the power of God came on that woman. Her life was forever changed. We'll do the same thing for you. But I want to encourage every single one of you to be active going after the harvest. Amen. So if you could scan that, we're going to give everybody an opportunity. There's a, there's a form to fill out. It's your name. It's your phone number and in any areas of interest. We have some in-reaches coming up as well, Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we're going to go after the harvest. We'll use anything to catch fish. Amen? Amen. So if you could scan that and sign up, especially the members around, if you would like to sign up and be a part of what we're doing here and be active going after the harvest. This is the year of the harvest of souls. This is the year of El Shaddai. Amen? Amen. I'm just going to ask everybody real quick to bow your heads all over this place and close your eyes. If you're in this place and the Lord's been ministering to you, you know, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, and you don't have to go to a devil's hell. My question for you today is where are you at in your walk with the Lord today? There are many people from different walks of life here with us this morning, but I want to give you an opportunity. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if you were to breathe out your last breath today, where would you spend eternity? Where would you go? You don't have to go to a devil's hell because the price was paid and the blood was shed. And on that cross, 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid the price. Everyone under the sound of my voice, I want you to take stock of where you're at. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you can do so today. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we're all whosoever's. So if you're in this place today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, we're going to pray today. Search your heart. If I breathed out my last breath, where would I spend eternity? I need to know that I'm right with God. You're not promised tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Maybe secondly, you're in this place, and maybe you've grown cold. You're not serving God like you should. You let the things of the world come in and creep in. Lust, pornography, bitterness, jealousy, unforgiveness. You lost your joy. You lost your peace. You lost your passion. And there's just something I'm just not right. I need, I need to fall in love with Jesus all over again. I want to tell you that Jesus' arms are, are reached out to you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. And he's saying, son, daughter, come home. I was the prodigal that came home. If anybody knows this, it's me. That Jesus' love is so great and so vast for his people. Come while there's still a chance. Come, come, come while you still can. I don't know. It could have been something outward and everybody knows about it. It could be something on the inside no one knows about. But it took you from your first love. And you want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. This call is for you. Maybe lastly, you're in this place and you've given your life to the Lord, but the devil's always lying to you, telling you that you're not saved and you want to know for sure that you're a child of God. If you fit into any one of these three categories on the count of three, I want you to slip up your hand and say, pray for me. One, two, three. Slip your hand up all over this place. Slip your hand up right now and say, pray for me. Yeah, hands are going up all over. Hands are going up all over. Anybody else? Anybody else? Today is the day of salvation. The Bible says, if you hear the voice of the Lord your God, harden not your heart as in the day of the wilderness. Today is the day of salvation. It doesn't matter what the people around you are doing. It's about your heart before Almighty God. I want everybody to look at me. Maybe you're in this section and you didn't raise your hand and you want to be included on that prayer that we're about to pray. 
I ask you to slip up your hand and say, pray for me. Anybody else in this section, in the balconies, anybody else? I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. In this middle section, if you want to be a part of that prayer, we're about to pray, and you didn't raise your hand, just slip your hand up. Slip your hand up right now and say, pray for me. I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? I feel it. I feel the urgency of the hour. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. Anybody else? Anybody else? In the balconies? Anybody else? Maybe in this section, you didn't raise your hand and you want to be included. Just raise your hand. Say, pray for me. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. This is what we're going to do. If you raise your hand on any of those three that we're about to pray, just stand to your feet right now. Just stand to your feet right now. This is what I want you to do. I want you to come out of your seat and meet me right here at the altar. Meet me at the altar. If you mean business with God, God means business with you. Come. 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 Come down. Today's the day of liberty and freedom. You don't have to go around that mountain one more time. Today's your day. If you're in the balconies, come. We'll wait for you. Anybody else? We'll wait for you. Come, come. You feel your heart beating in your chest. You need to come. You say, what will they think of me? It doesn't matter. What will he think? Come, come. Rejoices over one. <laughs> so I have the awesome privilege to pray with every single one of you. If you mean business with God, God means business with you. You're not going to leave this place the same way you came. And you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. They're still coming. They're still coming. Wow. I have the awesome privilege to pray with you. You know, it's at an altar like this that everything changed. So you're not leaving this place the same way you came. This is precious in the sight of God. This is eternal. This is somebody's mother. This is somebody's father. My own son's in this altar call. This is powerful. Hallelujah. Yeah, they're still coming. Come on. Come on. Yeah. There's another chair at the table at the banquet supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands. Close your eyes. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. One prayer fits all. Just say this with me. Say, Father, you said in your word, if I would confess, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And believe in my heart 
that he was raised from the dead. I shall be saved. Take out the stony heart. Give me a heart of flesh. Change me. Use me. Let me never be the same. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. Jesus, I will follow you all the days of my life. Use me to impact your kingdom. Help me to reach people as I have been reached. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm forgiven. I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Amen and amen. Come on, shout hallelujah. <laughs> Everybody look at me. I want to tell you, as a minister of the most high God, by the shed blood of Jesus, by the awesome power of the word of God, all of your sins are forgiven you right now. It's all gone. All has been forgiven. All is washed away. Today is a new day. Isn't that awesome? Come on, give God another shout of praise. Hallelujah. You're never going to be the same again. That's the hand of God on you. Listen, we got a gift for every single one of you. But I want to encourage you all, just as you have given your life to the Lord, there's people around about you that need to know him as well. And they're going to give you gospel soul winning scripts, and I encourage every single one of you to be a witness. Amen. How many of y'all can be a witness out there today? Amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.